You're listening to Consolidate That. Ukraine is my motherland. It is now under a savage attack by Russia. Ukraine is shielding Europe and the rest of the civilized world from Putin's barbaric aggression. Ukrainians are brave and effectively fighting back. Let's help. Make a donation to Armed Forces of Ukraine. Link is in the show notes. Hashtag stand with Ukraine. Welcome back to Consolidate That. Ivan, it's good to see you. I know we we wrapped up last last week's episode with just you and I. We had done a couple just you and I, so I'm excited that we have a guest and a, and a guest that uh, I know very well from from having worked closely together through through a lot of really cool things. So I'll hand the floor to you. Yeah, it's uh, I I love you, Ryan, but uh, it's good to have a guest. So <laughs> I'm very excited today. Colleague of mine and a friend, Dr. Jeff Smith. He is the medical director and a leader of Denville Family Vet. Uh, he is a second generation veterinarian. He graduated from Auburn University School of Veterinary Medicine in 1994 and has been practicing in Denville, Virginia ever since. He has been an owner of three different practices and practice group locally before joining Galaxy Vets last year. He enjoys mentorship at work, community involvement, mountain biking, and traveling. He also was published in the Newsweek, and also he is an avid TikToker, which is a very popular new thing that I didn't get into TikTok, but you did. Tell us about that, Jeff. Welcome to the show, and tell us, how did you get into TikTok? Well, thank you so much for having me. So we were experimenting with uh, social media and, and uh, you know, just Facebook and trying to make the bring people inside the clinic and we did a lot of things with youtube and, and running around the clinic taking pictures and videos and and uh some of the younger staff said you know we should try tiktok and what's tiktok i don't know what tiktok is and so so we put a couple of little little short tiktoks up and this was when it first started and, and tiktok had this ability to to um, make you go viral overnight because it's such an upstart company and um uh, we were trying to make funny things and different things. And there was one time I was eating my lunch and I, and I ate an orange and I just, the girls were just two of them in the room. And I, th- I thought I'd gross them out and eat it with the peel still on the orange and, and they <laughs> videoed it. And, and um, they're like, Dr. Smith, we should post this orange video. And so I just handed one of them, here's my phone, put it on there. And it, my phone literally blew up, you know, that, because I had just downloaded TikTok the week before or something like that. And all the notifications were on. And of course, I had no followers at the time, so I didn't realize it. And it just kept binging and bonging. I couldn't even open it because it, more messages kept coming through. So, <laughs> so we went viral overnight. Actually, local news crews heard about it and called me and wanted to come interview me about the story. So, <laughs> I'm eating an orange. That's so interesting how the marketing and the social popularity works. But that's a, that's a cool story. So, Jeff, we you know we've been together almost a year and. Uh, as a, uh, let's start from the sort of being a vet in a smaller community. What are the challenges that you run into? And maybe we'll loop it into how do you see a partner with someone like Galaxy solves those issues? And in general, what are those challenges that you run into as the small town veterinarian? Well, you know, I'm a son of a veterinarian and, and uh, we lived in a small town growing up. And I remember, you know, uh, this was before cell phones or social media or anything. And they would all, you know, we'd be out to dinner and somebody tap my dad on the shoulder in the restaurant and say, hey, there's a dog that's been hit by a car. Can you go help so-and-so? And if in a small town, you are the veterinarian. You are Dr. Smith. There's, that's persona. It's, it follows you everywhere you go. So you have to embrace it and it becomes part of your life. 
and um, so it's a 24-7 kind of thing because when I first started practice, for example, we didn't have an emergency clinic in, in close by. We didn't have specialty hospitals to refer to. We had the vet school at Virginia Tech, which was a two and a half hour drive. So we're kind of on an island and a lot of people didn't want to leave town. And so we tried to help our clients as best we could day and night, however we could. And uh, so I think the, the profession, it's been an exciting uh evolution in the profession that I've been able to see, because as, as I've grown through my career, I can see that, you know, we have specialty hospitals, we have emergency clinics, we can, we can share the, the load. But at the same time, things have become easier. It's become more complicated with technology. You know, social media is a whole new thing. And when, when I first started, it was like, oh, should we buy a half page ad in the phone book or a quarter page ad? That was our marketing decision. Low pages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So the beauty of, of joining a group like Galaxy, well, I would say that the big key is ownership. And that's what attracted me to Galaxy is that I saw a little blurb in the DVM 360 magazine that said Galaxy's experimenting with a new way of ownership where everybody can be an owner. And that, uh, so I have a lot of team members that they, they want to make a career out of this. They want to buy in. And I have some that have been here for years and need to be rewarded for that. And, um, when it changes the incentives, everybody's an owner. So even uh, like if our, our marketing team now is in-house at Galaxy, I had an outside marketing team and I was just one of their clients and they did a better job than I could do. They did 10 times better than I did. They, they took me to new heights, but they didn't have a vested interest in my success, so to speak. But if you have a marketing person that's like, hey, I'm an owner too, and I want Jeff to look great on social media, I'm going to help him. And, it, you know, you same thing with your your hiring and your payroll and your HR people. You know, if they have a vested interest in it, you know, the um, you know, I, ha I like to support a lot of local businesses and I had local guys doing my 401k and things like that. But uh, I was just a very small account for them. And so understandably, so I got put on the back burner quite a lot. So so there's a great uh, advantage in numbers and joining a big group. Uh, that's really cool, Jeff. Thank you for all the kind words about Galaxy and uh, and how you see the the consolidation. Not many people look at it this way, but uh, you remind me about the uh, funny sort of year I did in Northern BC in the in the small community. There was like ten thousand people and uh, and two vets. One had a stroke, and then I replaced that guy for short of a year and it was interesting dynamic but but in that environment in that community you wouldn't dare to talk to the vet because it was like a different class so so people wouldn't talk to you in the it was the weirdest thing i felt so uncomfortable because i would go to people like hey you're my client how's it going and people would be just like weirded out <laughs> so oh. i didn't <laughs> rude canadian but it was, is, i've never heard of a rude canadian it's not rude it was it was extra respectful oh extra respectful <laughs> okay. wow yeah. yeah, we don't have that so, problem around here, <laughs> especially in Texas. So, but that's <laughs> yeah, that that's really cool. And um, so, with that, you know, the vets change, and you've seen, you know, if you if you saw your dad and then your whole career, how did the vets change in the last? I don't know, 10, 20 years, and have they? Let Let's start there. Do you think that the the veterinarians did they change how they? Not in general, you know, the procedures, but but how do they respect work-life balance? You know, the whole burnout thing that we talk about a lot and the work ethics or, you know, or the rigor, if you will. So are there any changes in the generations of vets recently? You know, stereotypes have some truth to them. And I think the younger generations 
are not so focused on career and they, they want to balance life and they want experiences and they want to go places and they want to have time off and they want personal development, uh, you know, in, in hobbies and so forth. And so there's not that, uh, well, like when I started, it was, it was like, you're going to, if you're going to start your own place, you know, it's, you, 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 part of what comes with it is you're going to have to work around the clock and try to do whatever it takes. And you're the captain, you go down with the ship. If the ship goes down and, um, but, uh, and I think I can't blame people for that. I think that these people, a lot of them are my children's age. And so I'm responsible for raising these people this way. And so I was like, hey, I don't want my kids to have the life that I had. You know, why, why do they have to put up with these brutal hours? You know, they don't have to. So why don't we create a career and a, and a profession where the time is respected and people won't burn out and they can be fulfilled in it? So I think it's it's just a different landscape. I think the profession is is uh, you know the graduating classes are eighty percent female now, so that changes everything. So and I found that in my office, I, there's there's one other male and he works part time, and so uh, oftentimes it's it's me and and twenty other female people in the building. So I'm you're the minority. I am the minority for sure, and so and I and I am. Uh, <laughs> Every day I, I realize that I, I do not understand uh, all the dynamics of what's going on, you know, from a male point of view. And so I have to be open to that. And uh, so, so I think it's, it's, we have a great opportunity right here with Galaxy to say, hey, this is what veterinary medicine is now. Why don't we start fresh and start up a new company and make everything great the way we want it to be? That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's what we're trying to do and actually redefining it and, and specifically to that, because what we're learning from our burnout study and uh, just a shout out to our amazing Lena, head of PR. So she just finished the uh, the third annual survey on burnout. We collected the information from over 2000 respondents. So thank you, everybody who participated. Very important. Uh, the study will be published today, uh, which by the time this episode comes out, it will be a couple of weeks. Uh, and uh, please check it out. New findings. One of them is we actually less burned out than during the COVID, which is a good thing, but we're still burned out. And the only, I think, category that increased in the burnout uh, in terms of the profession within a hospital is actually hospital managers. So we need to be careful with our hospital managers and don't uh, don't burn them out. Um, I think that's important. So with that, I, I, I'm with you there, Jeff. It, seeing that people respect work-life balance is is really really good because that's something that we're trying to prevent in Galaxy. And but based on the study, we're still burned out, even though it seems like the younger generation respects the work-life balance more. So are they also more prone to burnout? So two, three, three actually studies in a row showed that younger vets burn out more than senior. So is it the more exposed group and therefore the fact that they're respecting work-life balance is good, but then there's still stuff that needs to be done for them. What do you think about that? I think that everybody has their own capacity and I think we have to respect that. Maybe what's wrong with, uh, instead of having a three doctor practice, you have a six part-time doctor practice and they all have their own capacity to work and we cover the same hours and we pay proportionally the same amount of money out and the clients are just as happy. Why can't we have flexibility like that? I think maybe in my position, I've been in the, in the career for 29 years, I think, and um, I haven't surveyed my classmates to see how many are still working. Maybe I'm just one that survived. You know, I didn't, I, I went through periods of burnout and I survived them. 
but um, some of them may, may not have. And so a lot of them may have burned out early in their career. So I think it's, it's an eye open experience to get out of vet school and, you know, you're living in that fantasy world of college for seven, eight years. And then the hard drudge of everyday life can be really tough. You know, and it's interesting because one of the hypotheses that I have to burn out is that veterinary, we, we have such a well-selected group of people because to become a vet, there's very, very detailed selective process. Many people drop out along the way. They don't, you know, go through all the education. The vet school is a nightmare and really difficult. But one of the things that I hypothesized, and it was in the last study that we did, is that when people graduate, all of a sudden that goal is gone. And then do you set the next goal for yourself? Because it was easy. You just dreamed to be a veterinarian. Well, it's not that easy, but but that's a North Star that you were chasing for seven plus years. Now you hit that, you graduate, you're like, finally, I'm a vet. What's next? There's not really anything structured. So what do you think about that? Would setting goals for new grads and veterinarians in studying or advancing the skills, it doesn't have to be a board certification, but would that, you think, help people to be more engaged at work and less burnout? Yeah, I think that I think we select for that type A type personality and they're always looking to achieve and find the next goal. And so if we can provide that for people, then it may, it may not be a actual certification. But like, you know, my colleague, Dr. Rorick here is working on an intensive online ultrasound that's been provided through through Galaxy and, and VETCT. And uh, so she's gaining proficiency in that. And it's very personally gratifying to her and professionally so. Dr. Smith, uh, as you're talking about the idea of work-life balance and and sort of structuring that, one of the things that you know we just did our episode on was the Freakonomics episode about private equity ownership and who owns your practices. And, and we were really thinking that the idea of implementing technology and, and utilizing telemedicine and, and the greater pieces that a large group can bring to a smaller practice can definitely be a big piece of that. When you and I met, Oh gosh, almost over a year ago, uh, or over a year ago, yeah. talking about um, you know the idea of selling your practice and everything. What were some of the things that we planned and looked at that were kind of important to you as you were looking to to the next piece of of ownership of your practice? Yeah, I, I listened to some of that episode, and I thought it was uh, it would have been nice if they had interviewed someone like me who works in a you know you know that a lot of us in are out in practice in in small one two three doctor practices in small towns, and we're at my uh, HR and my marketing and my leadership training and my inventory management is something I do after six p.m. and before nine p.m. when I go to bed, and I'm trying to juggle all those balls in the air. And if you start to add great technological changes into the field that are happening so rapidly, you can't even keep up with them. It's, it's you know, you start to feel like you're drowning. You know, you can see that your practice is going to slowly sink away. And, uh, you know, what I need is a partner with those resources who can help me. You know, uh, what if I had a professional HR team and a professional marketing team and, uh, you know, uh, a computerized inventory management system like the one that Galaxy's implemented here. I've been working with that little pet project for 25 years. And I said, we can do this manually. There's no reason why we're smarter than a machine. I can shake the pill bottles and figure out how many is in there and get it down to the week, you know, and, but uh, the, within, a, within a month, we have our inventory slashed to a fourth of its, uh, it's almost like an on-demand inventory system now. It's just amazing what you can do 
with the with the proper team and uh, it makes us better and it allows me to focus on the client care and the patient care that I want to focus on so it's made us better Jeff that, that's again thank you for for uh, talking about that and yes inventory management is something that we have I think is a big advantage that you know Emmett came up with that system we can do it at scale but how about being a uh, Sort of open and honest which we like to be at galaxy so some things don't go well and uh and sometimes you know i i had someone actually my coach told me recently uh, i was talking to him through you know things and challenges that we have and he said a really cool thing that stuck with me he said that you're not in the business of delivering pet care or veterinary care as a consolidator he said you're in business of managing change and I, it really stuck with me because I'm like, yeah, the vets and the techs that work in the hospitals, they're the ones that are in charge of delivering medicine. And I'm not there to teach them how to do that because you guys know better than me how to do that. So the challenges and the ability to pivot through the change, because this is as a, you know, as a young company, you are one of those first guinea pigs that, <laughs> that just unfortunately gets everything firsthand. Um, is this a big challenge in consolidation that you can see that everybody is going through and how much vets and techs are resistant to change which is your team is not i know that but in general what do you think about that whole concept oh i think everybody's resistant to change i think it's a natural human uh, instinct that you have to override with rational thought i think it's uh, because you cling on to the past but if you stay in the past you know rationally that you're you're not going to survive so change is inevitable and it's it's important an interesting thing talking to Steve um, from Galaxy is is uh, he's a certified change management professional. And I'm like, what is that? I've never even heard of that. And so, you know, I've just been doing, I've been running this business on a wing and a prayer. I didn't even heard of change management. So th there's actual technique that's proven that you can implement changes gradually over time where people actually feel better about it, you know, because they're getting all the benefits of the change, but they're not feeling the stress of the, of the transition. But in any transition, there's going to be some ripples in the water and um, it's, it's natural. And uh, we've had, we had some ch changes here. You know, I still, you still have the stressors of your practice. You still have all your clients. You still have all your staff. I'm still doing the exact same thing. You know, but then we're trying to implement um, the inventory system. There were some glitches in that. It's an AI program, and the program has to learn as part of the. So we have to let it fail for it to learn. Um, the uh, we did some experimentation with telemedicine and found out that it's very complicated. And there's, you know, we have an antiquated computer system, and our phone system had to be upgraded. And there's multiple levels of things that we learned from that. But to, you know, it was a it was a difficult transition but it's also exhilarating because you can feel yourself moving forward you know and uh, the team it has bonded together and say hey we're on a new mission now and we're moving forward together so it's it's been really good yeah your team is amazing and how they you know and how they able to pivot in flight and then adapt and then just as long as they see the final goal of this and what the improvements but and i think that is a part of the change management understanding what's the final goal is not what i'm doing right now and that it's painful today but with a with a better outlook in the future well we ran through the time uh that we usually meet and uh, and do this and we keep our promises to our listeners but there there is a question that we usually ask at the end um is there a book youtube any sort of ted talk recommendation that you have to the listeners 
listeners to kind of tap in your knowledge of being a veterinarian and a business owner? Yeah, I have uh, two books I'll give you. Um, one is Conscious Business by Fred Kaufman. I think it's written probably 10 or 15 years ago, but it's about, I think the subtitle is um, Creating Value by Living Through Your Values. And I think if you take that book and read it one chapter a month and, and let it meld with your own value system, you, it can really change the way you look at things and uh, uh, make a big difference in your practice. Uh, the other one is The Purple Cow by Seth Godin. You can read that. You go into the beach for the weekend and just read that one real quick. And it's the idea is that, you know, if you see a cow in the field full of the, the black and white princesses in Wisconsin, you know, you, they, you see a purple one, you're like, wow, that's remarkable. And uh, uh, be remarkable is, is, the, is the point. And being remarkable is, is not being uh, the opposite of remarkable is unremarkable. It's not worthy of remark. And so when I drive around on vacation, I look at vet clinics and I see, you know, this, this little road looks like there should be a vet clinic. And well, sure enough, there it is. There's a little brown building with a little brown shingles and a little wooden sign with a bush growing over the front of it. And like, it's an unremarkable little thing. But veterinarians are the most unique and quirky and eccentric individuals. If you just be yourself, you'll stand out amongst the crowd. Amen to that. You have the best book selections as we as we communicate and uh, i didn't you know that's uh as a veterinarian that's so cool that you you love seth golden i love i love all of his books purple cows i think is the first one that i actually read jeff thank you so much for dedicating the time i know how busy you are and uh and this is great to have you on here and then we hope that we uh complemented the free economics episode with adding event with uh his experience through the acquisition all right well thanks i enjoyed it thanks Dr. Smith. take care Thank you so much for listening to Consolidate That. If you want to hear our new episodes, please find us on any podcast platform. Also, you can learn more about us on our website at galaxyvets.com.